All right, I am so pumped for this message today. You know, we started Radical Faith last week, but really it kind of started more like two weeks ago, okay? Because we had, uh, there was this story that I told everyone, and I'll kind of recap it real fast, but in 2017, I got the word for Radical Radical Church, and I knew that, that we were supposed to start this church, but it took a long time before we ended up moving here. It was about three and a half years before we actually came back. Kyle, I would consider my hometown. My wife and I were in Oklahoma for five years, and so it's cool to be back in our hometown. God called us back here. Um, but in 2017, that's when it all started. But in 2018, uh, 2018, my mom saw this property that popped up and she was like, man, this would be awesome. This should be your church one day. And I was like, mom, we're like two years, three years away from probably starting, you know, radical church. It's like way off. It's things like $2 million. Like that's stupid. Like that would never happen. You know, like we're not even close to thinking about that. Don't even talk to me about it again. All right. And so then, uh, love you, mom. <laughs> She's watching online. Love you. Um, but then, Lindsay in 2019 had this vision, which is crazy because normally like I'm like the, the ultra spiritual one, I guess, of the two of us. And Lindsay's just more like, hey, like this is how it is kind of a thing. So, uh, so she had a vision. And when that happens, it's like, okay, I need to listen up. And she said, hey, I, I was flying over this, this part of Kyle and I felt like God said, this is our home. It's time to get ready to leave, time to get ready to go home. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So we started about six months later, we had moved here to Kyle in 2019. And Little did I know that my mom had been praying over this property from 2018 all the way until now. My mom will still go out there and park her car next to this property, and she'll pray over it every once in a while. Probably, I mean, I don't know how often, but she said she does it fairly often. She'll drive past it and send up a little prayer and park her car, and then she'll leave. Say, you know, that's going to be their church one day or something like that. And I just think that's really cool that she did that. And so fast forward to a couple weeks ago, my friends who are real estate agents, they said, hey, have you thought about anything for your church eventually? And I'm like, all right, not really. So I had a meeting with them and I just felt the Lord tell me to go to that place. And so I went to the property. I'd never done it before, really, just like sat out in front of it. So I sat in front of it and I saw this big pile of rocks and I felt like the Lord said, this is an altar. Watch what I'll do. If you know anything about an altar from the Old Testament, it's when God would do a miracle, they would build an altar and put a bunch of rocks on top of each other. And that's how they would remember what God did at that moment in time at that place really cool stuff. I was like, wow, that's a very clear word, Lord. Okay. You know, that's, that's amazing. I left something out of the story two weeks ago that I want to tell you now. It was really for the sake of time, but I wanted to tell you this now because it pertains to what we're talking about today. I went later and I, and I basically what I did is I, I heard that altar thing and I felt like the Lord telling me to pray. And so I got out of my car and started walking and I was like, Lord, are we doing Jericho right now? And he was like, yes, we are. And so I was like, okay, fine. So I walked around like three quarters of the way around because there was like a bunch of tall grass. I couldn't get all the way around it. But you know, the story of Jericho, they walked around it for seven days. It was like one time on the first six days. And they walked around seven times on the seventh day, they get all the way around it. And then the walls came crumbling down. And so I felt like that's what the Lord was telling me to do is just walk around it and pray and worship. And so I'm walking around. And then later I told my buddy, my real estate guy, I just met with earlier that day. I said, man, this is crazy. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but I got out of my car and I was like Jericho walking around the property. And he was like, oh, that's funny, man. Like, he's like, that's cool though. You're drawing those prayer circles. And I was like, prayer circles, like, what is that? Never heard that before. I'm, I'm a pastor. I should know all the Christianese, okay? Like, I should know these phrases. Like, this dude should not know it more than me. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I didn't think anything of it. Then I told my pastor about it. I was like, I feel like the Lord's talking to me, speaking to me. I don't know what's going on, but I just feel this. And then uh, I told our staff later, and Jeff uh, is one of the guys that's on staff. His wife, Michelle, you know, she sings up here. Jeff and Michelle, they're amazing. And I told them this, and he said, oh, that's awesome. You're drawing those prayer circles. I love that. The same day, right after I'd just done it, I had two people say that. And I was like, 
the heck are these prayer circles these people talking about? Like, what in the world is this? And so I asked him, I was like, you're the second person to say that today. What does that mean? And he said, oh, the circle maker, the book. You ever heard of Mark Batterson? And I was like, well, I've heard of Mark Batterson. I've actually heard him speak before. He's a good pastor. Obviously, I, you know, I like him. And I've heard of the book, but I don't know anything about what the book is about. He said, oh, that's crazy. Because literally, he, would, he walked around this property, circled it, just because he felt like he wanted to walk around it like Jericho. It was a $2 million property. And he walked around it, laid hands on it, was like prophesying and all this stuff and just like going after it. He said, exactly what you just did. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's crazy. So I got the audio book immediately, The Circle Maker. And started going through it. And it was probably about, we have our staff meetings late, 7.30 p.m. to about 9 p.m. And it went even a little bit later, about 9.30 uh, on Mondays. And so I got the audiobook, And from about 9.30, you know, 10 o'clock until about 3, 4 a.m., I binged the first half of that book. And sure enough, the story was exactly, exactly the same. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, God was having me do this. I had no idea. And they were saying, like, man, we thought you were walking around it like that because of the book. You know, like, we thought you had read it before and you were, like, trying to do this Mark Batterson thing. I was like, no, that's just what I felt like God told me to do, you know. And um, what ended up happening in Mark Batterson's story, and they're in, in D.C. and they have a church called National Community Church, really awesome church, um, they ended up praying over it. They thought they lost it two or three times. They thought they lost the property. They weren't going to get the contract. They didn't have enough money for it, had no way of buying it. And, and, and I, I felt the same way. I was like, God, we're seven months old as a church. We ain't going to buy no $2 million property. That's stupid, right? And so then he kept praying over it, kept praying over it. And then they ended up getting a $3 million check from somebody. And he said the reason that he felt like they got $3 million is because God wanted to show him that he could do one more. <laughs> He could do one more better, right? Because like that is not enough. Two million wasn't enough, so he did three. And they ended up buying that property. And God has just done amazing things through that. But it all started with a prayer. And it all started with Mark, Pastor Mark saying, hey, you know what? I feel like this is what the Lord is saying. I feel like this is a promise God has given us. So we're going to pray into this thing. And one time they thought they lost it. Two times they thought they lost it. Three times they thought that they weren't going to get the property. And they kept praying. He kept praying. He said, I believe this is what God has for us. I'm going to keep praying. And then they finally got it. But it, it was very, very difficult. And he could have stopped at any time, right? He could have stopped praying. But why do you pray, right? Why do you pray in the first place? But seriously, I really do want to know. Because I know there's so many people, they have different reasons that they pray, different cultures pray for different things. They think that prayer does certain things in their lives. I mean, uh, Buddhists pray, Hindus pray. I mean, Muslims pray, Christians pray. Even atheists sometimes will pray, right? It's like, if anybody's out there, like, just please help me in this situation. But athletes will pray before games. Families pray before meals. Like, Lord, change this chicken into a carrot, Lord, on the way down. Come on, Jesus, right? <laughs> Students will pray around this time. Guys, when they're about to ask that girl out to prom, you know what I mean? They're like, Lord Jesus, help her to not hate me and embarrass me in front of my friends, right? Because, you know, that's how, like, juniors talk, okay, you know? So anyway, um, they'll pray before that. We pray for lots of different things. We pray because... Somebody's sick. We pray because somebody needs a job. We pray because our marriage is on the rocks or you need to be free from an addiction or you just might need generally some direction in life. I think that's a big prayer for a lot of us. Lord, would you just direct us right now? And when we pray, sometimes it feels amazing, right? Like, like today, and you come in and you start praying and you start seeing this stuff. You feel like God is moving. It's like, man, I'm feeling this, right? Like this feels good. You get like the Holy Spirit goosebumps. You know what I mean? Like you feeling real good. Um, you feel you get emotional, you might, you might cry, you might just get this overwhelming sense of peace. That might be something that comes over you when you pray. But more often than not, what does it feel like most of the time for most people, right? What does it feel like? It feels like our prayers are going up to the ceiling, coming back down, and smacking us right in the face, right? 
That's what it feels like a lot of times when we pray. It can feel like nothing is actually happening. Nothing is, is going anywhere. And it can ask, we can start asking ourselves the question, why am I even doing this? You ever felt that way? Like, why am I praying right now? I don't feel like anything's happening. It doesn't, you know, I, I went and I, Jericho walked around this thing and I was like, you know, like speaking out all kinds of like declarations and stuff. And I'm praying and I'm like, Lord Jesus, you know, and I got my car and left. Like, you know, like that was it. <laughs> like no lightning came down. The fire from heaven didn't just consume the property in or, you know, I mean? like nothing stupid like that. I mean, it, I just prayed and I left. Why am I even doing this? But the Bible has a lot to say about prayer and how important it is. And I believe that if we would lean in today, uh, God's going to teach us something about prayer that I think maybe is a little bit different and a little bit further than maybe all of us and a lot of us have ever gone before in prayer. So today we're looking at the story of the persistent widow, the persistent widow. It's in Luke 18. You can turn there if you want. And the title of the message is persistent prayer, persistent prayer, radical faith. How do we have radical faith? Sometimes we need to have some persistent prayer. Luke 18, one through eight. And then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Come on, everybody knows some old ladies like that. They're going to come and attack you if you don't give them what they want. Lord Jesus. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, this story is a parable of Jesus, which a parable, if you don't know what that is, it's just a story that Jesus would make up in order to demonstrate a point. But normally in parables, a lot of times Jesus would tell a story, it's maybe a little bit cryptic, and he actually doesn't tell the people what the meaning is. He says, let him who has ears hear. That's all he says. He's like, hey, here's this story. You try to figure out what it means, okay? Which seems like a little rude, right? <laughs> but I mean, he says, hey, let him who has ears hear. Because Jesus is not just going to come out and just say everything right up front. He's like, hey, we need to have some wisdom. If you really, really want to know, God will reveal it to you, right? If you really, really care, he's going to reveal it. And a lot of times he would go back and the disciples would ask him later and they would say, like, Jesus, what did that mean? Because that was a little confusing, right? Like, I don't know if anybody really understood that, you know? And so he would tell them the, the answer. He would tell them what the parable meant. He would show them like, hey, this meant this, this meant that. But this one's a little bit different because actually we see at the very beginning of the story, this one's a very different one. That Luke actually tells us the point of the parable before he tells the story. Before he tells the parable, we already know what it's about. And so that's what we're gonna look at today. He says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. And those are the two statements that Luke makes at the very, very beginning of this story that I want to look at. Always pray, and we'll say, don't give up. Number one is always pray. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Always pray. Prayer is central to our faith, right? It's central to everything that we do. All throughout the Bible, you see different examples of prayer. You see Moses, Abraham, David, Paul, the disciples, and even Jesus prayed, and he prayed Often, It wasn't like he just prayed every once in a while. Jesus prayed to the Father on a regular basis. And what is prayer? Prayer is just simply a pathway for us as humans to connect to God. It's just the pathway by which we connect with him. It's this two-way communication that God invites us into 
But it's also even commanded in scripture. That's how important it is. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. And then in Luke 18.1, this, this verse we just looked at, it says, always pray. Well, what does that mean? Always pray. Always. What does always mean? Okay. Um, you always do this. You ever heard that before? Right? You, let's say you're in an argument with your spouse or something like that. You always forget to take out the trash. You always forget this. You always say this. You always don't do this. Right? And that's not a good thing to hear, okay? You generally don't like to hear that. And actually, when you're in an argument and you say always, what does that really mean? It doesn't always mean always, okay? And, and psychologists, and if you go to a counselor and you're going through like marriage counseling, they will tell you, don't use the overgeneralizations like that. Stop saying you always do this or you never do this because chances are it's not always, right? You know, it's like, I don't always forget this. I'm not always a jerk, okay? Maybe sometimes, all right? But I ain't always a jerk, so don't say that. And so that's kind of what I feel like it means right here. Uh, what is always pray? Pray without ceasing. It, it's not always, but it's a consistent pattern that would be evident enough to be recognized by somebody else. It's a consistent pattern that could be recognized by your spouse, right? Or recognized by your kids. So the question I have for you is, do you have a pattern of prayer? Do you have a pattern? A pattern that would be recognized by your spouse, your kids. A pattern that might be recognized by Jesus. Because Jesus, he prayed all the time. Like I said, he routinely woke up before everybody else, right? He was up at the crack of dawn and he would stay up late and he would go out and pray. Why would he do, why would he do this? Because he recognized that everything that he did, all of the miracles, all the power that he had, he knew that that came out of his connection with his father. He knew that that power flowed between him and the father when he would pray to him. Jesus even said, I don't do anything unless my father tells me to do it, right? I don't do anything. And I know that I go out and pray and I see somebody that needs my help and I feel the father telling me to go to this person. I go, and how does he do that? How does he have this power to work these miracles and all this stuff? It's because he has a constant connection with his father, right? And so uh, he knows that prayer is so, so important. He had a consistent pattern of prayer and it's modeled for us. Some of my biggest breakthroughs in my life personally have been when I was praying consistently. I don't know about you, but when you start praying consistently, just things start changing, right? Like you just feel, you feel different. You don't necessarily know why, but you just feel different. And, and God has spoken to me the most when I've been in a consistent pattern of prayer for weeks, months, and sometimes years. Like I said, this church was a prayer that was three and a half years in the making before it ever started. That's a long prayer, y'all. That's a very long prayer. We would, well, I got the word radical and, and, and we could have just immediately moved here, right? In 2017, we could have just been like, oh, I got the word, it's time to go, right? But what would have happened? I don't think that we would have been ready. We wouldn't have been prepared. We wouldn't have prayed through that thing. We wouldn't have had that time to let that thing roast overnight, to let that thing cook. Some prayers today that y'all need to start praying are some crockpot prayers. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Lindsay, a lot of times, she'll do this, and it's some good stuff. Like Saturday night, I don't know what she got going today, but I don't think she put in the roast. Anyway, but Saturday night, a lot of times, she'll put in a roast in the crockpot, you know? You know how you know what I'm talking about. And then you come after church on Sunday, and the house is just smelling glorious. It's smelling beautiful. It is time for lunch, baby, right? Come on. We, we pray, we worship, and now it's time to eat, okay? And the reason that it's so much better is because she didn't just throw some meat in the microwave and expect that thing to be good, right? You could get home and throw a Hot Pocket in there, right? But that, you throw some meat in the microwave, you try to defrost it. What is it going to be? It's going to be rubbery. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be overdone. It's not 
not going to be cooked the right way, but you let that thing sit overnight and that is some tender, juicy, good stuff. Come on. Everybody's like, when is this pastor going to be done preaching today? I'm trying to get some lunch, you know, (laughs) goodness. But that's how our prayers need to be sometimes, right? Sometimes we throw some microwave prayers up at God and we believe and we ask him to answer these things, right? But sometimes God is asking us to put our prayers in the crock pot and let them, let those things sit, let those things cook for a while. He's seeing if we can have the patience to keep praying, to keep letting those things cook overnight, because usually what's going to end up happening is going to be a lot better than if you would have just thrown in the microwave, right? What's your pattern of prayer look like? This pattern of prayer is something that all believers should have, okay? We should all have a consistent pattern of prayer. I think everybody would understand that, all right? If you've been in church at all, or even if you haven't, like, you know that that's something that that believers do, like, we pray, right? Um, But not a lot of people move on to the next step. And moving from praying never to praying sometimes is great. That's amazing. That's a huge step. And then you go from sometimes to always. That's even better. But there's another part of the equation that sets apart a regular faith and a radical faith. And it's the second part of what Luke said. He said, always pray and don't give up. Don't give up. Number two, if you want to write that down, don't give up. You ever been in a situation where you knew you needed to pray, right? You just like, you hear, you get a phone call from somebody and somebody's hurt, somebody's at the hospital, somebody's this, you know, you just automatically know like, hey, it is time to pray and we got to get after it right now. You get all pumped up, right? You're like, God, whoo, Lord Jesus, come on. You're like, you feel the fire, you know, he's like, Lord, come on. You get the Holy Spirit tingles, you know what I'm saying? Like you're getting after it. You're praying, you're feeling it, you're in it. You're crying out to God. We need a breakthrough, Lord. We need a miracle right now. But then you stop, right? We go from always to sometimes a lot, We have this thing that we know we need to be praying for and we get all pumped up about it and then we just like, you know, maybe I'm going to pray a little bit now and and I don't see God moving in the way that I thought that he would. I really thought that I was going to get that prayer answered. Maybe it was an oven prayer, maybe not like a a crackpot prayer, you know, it's like kind of like in between, like a toaster oven kind of prayer, you know, and uh, but but then you kind of start to to drop off with that thing and then a lot of times we'll go from sometimes back to never and then we'll go like this with our prayer life. It's not consistent. What we're doing is, is a lot of times we're putting a pause on our prayer life. We put a pause on it when we don't like what we're seeing on the TV, right? You say, I'm going I'm to put a pause on this. I'm not really seeing any results. It's been a little bit and I'm not liking it, okay? There's a lot of great shows on TV, uh, but one of my favorites, Courage already knows where I'm going with this. Come on now. I gave him a little sneak peek. There's a lot of great shows on TV, but The Office is one of the best. Come on, come on. Do we have any Office fans out there? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some people like The Office. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I, my, my goal is to just put all of my favorite TV shows in my sermons, okay? So you'll eventually, get, you'll eventually know everything that I watch, all right? So um, th- this one's called The Office. It's so good. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a great, great show. So funny. But I know some people that don't like it, and if you don't like The Office, you're wrong. So... <laughs> But here's the problem. So many people I talk to about, if you ask them this question nine out of 10 times, it'll be the same result, the same reason why they don't like The Office. You ask them, did you get past the first season? And most of the time they say, no, I only watched like the first season. I just never really got into it. I'm like, well, that's why you don't like it because you didn't get through it, right? This show gets so much better. Like the relationship with, between Jim and Pam, Dwight gets even funnier, right? The whole thing, like it just gets so much better over time. The problem is, is they stopped uh, before the good part. They didn't go on the journey of the whole TV show. You didn't get to the finale. You pressed pause and you cut it short before the good part. 
What if the persistent widow would have just been the widow? What if she just would have been a, another lady, right? What if she would have gone once or twice to the judge? Said, judge, will you grant me justice? Oh, I'm so excited. I need this. God. And then she goes one more time. Will you please? Come on. Like, will you please do this for me? No? Okay. All right. And she just walks away and she only goes twice. What would have happened? We wouldn't be reading about her in the Bible right now, that's for sure, right? There wouldn't be a story about this, this lady. There wouldn't be a parable like this, right? Because she would have never, ever had justice over her adversary because she would have given up. What about Jericho? What if they stopped right before the miracle? What if God, you know, he tells them to walk around for seven days. You go the first, you go six, and then the seventh day, you walk seven times around. You know, you have to imagine they're feeling real dumb, right? Just like first day, okay, like, all right, what's up, God? I see you here. You've told us to do this. I'm going to do this. Day two, right? They start going around. All right, I'm still feeling okay, but my feet are a little hurting. You know, it's like, this is not that great. Day three comes around. Lord, I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm not really feeling this anymore, right? They might start to get discouraged, okay? How many of you got discouraged on day three or four after praying about something, right? Day three or four, month three or four. What about year three or four? What about year five, six? And then on the seventh time, what if they would have stopped at six? What if they would have stopped on the sixth day, they say, you know what? This is stupid. Why are we even doing this? I don't feel God moving. I don't see anything. There's no sign that he's doing anything, right? Nothing had changed. They were walking the same path every time, the same way every time. Nothing had changed. No fire yet, nothing. What if they had stopped right before the miracle? Some of you, I think, in this place today need to keep walking until the walls fall down, right? Keep walking. Keep praying. Keep moving. Don't stop. Don't press pause before the miracle, don't press pause before God has the chance to do what he said he would do. Yes. What about Elijah? You know the story of Elijah, right? You know the story on the mountain when he calls down fire. That's crazy stuff. But there was also part of that story where, where it wasn't going to rain for a long period of time. He, he prophesied there's going to be a drought. And then he goes and then he sits at the, at the mountain and then he starts praying. He believes, you know, it's time for the rain to come. And so he starts praying and he sends his servant up there. And the servant comes back. He said, Elijah, uh, there's no rain yet. I don't see anything. He said, go back. Check it again. I'm going to keep praying. Servant goes back, comes back. Elijah, I ain't seeing anything. There's nothing. All right, go back. This is, I promise, go back. Keeps praying, keeps praying. What if he would have stopped after the first prayer or the second prayer? There would have been no rain. The rain would have never come. But you know what ends up happening? Elijah keeps praying praying. He was persistent with his prayer long enough to where the servant goes up and he sees, he pulls his hand out kind of like this. And he says, there's a cloud as big as a man's hand in the sky. And Elijah said, there it is. That's it. The rain's coming. Come on. He had the faith to stay persistent in his prayer. He interceded until God intervened. Will you intercede until God intervenes? Will you refuse to move from the position of prayer until God moves? I'm not stopping until I get a breakthrough. Man, I know that I've had this cancer. Somebody's had cancer for years. Listen, will you keep praying for that person? My father has not known Jesus. I've been praying for him for 20 years, maybe. Are you going to keep praying for 21, for 22, for 23 years? Will we be persistent in prayer? It's been eight months, 12 months of unemployment because of COVID. But I'm not going to stop praying until I get that email that says you're hired. Are we able to have a consistent, persistent prayer life? As the band comes on up, we're going to worship a little bit and have some time for prayer in a second. I'm real excited about this. But this is where radical faith comes in, right? Not that we should just always pray, because of course we should, but that we should never stop praying. One more day, 
One more prayer could be the difference between a miracle and just another day, right? And Jesus links faith directly with persistent prayer. He says, however, when the son of man comes, this is the end. So the beginning, it says the whole, the whole point of this story right now is about, you should always pray and never give up. So, you know, that's the point of the story. But at the end of the story, he says this, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? So he caps it off with, this is about faith. This is a story about prayer and how you should never give up. But he's saying, hey, if you keep praying and you're persistent in prayer, that is what's building your faith. By keeping praying, by not stopping, is God going to find faith? Is he going to find the people here today that are going to have some faith to keep praying when it doesn't look like that the situation's going to move or going to change? God said we could speak to a mountain and it would move. We have a little tiny faith. Are we going to have that kind of a faith here today? Or will he come back one day and find the people that have a pattern of pausing prayer? That's a tongue twister. People pausing prayer. There we go. Before the breakthrough, giving up on God right before he was about to move. When you feel like your prayers are hitting a wall, I think this is the issue we run into is that God can feel like that unjust judge, the unjust judge where we're trying to convince him to do the thing that we need him to do or we want him to do. We're trying to coerce God. God, would you do this? And really, I I just need God. Would you do it? Come on. Like, please, Lord, come on. If we beg enough, we'll say, okay, fine. I guess I'll do it for you. All right, fine. Like a parent of a toddler. You know what I mean? Like, you know how it is, right? They have, a, they have a cookie that they want or something like that, or they want the iPad. Really, let's talk about that for a second, all right? Like, cry, you know, like going nuts in the car or something like that. And you're like, no, you've already watched three episodes. No, we're not doing that. And then, you know, it's like, fine, take the iPad, just shut up. You know, like, you're going to drive me nuts. That's how the unjust judge was. But the point of the story is that God is not like the unjust judge. He's not like that. That's how we feel sometimes, though, is that we're begging God to do these things, but he is not an unjust judge. The Bible says that God is good. God is just. He brings perfect justice. And not only that, but he loves you, and he asks you to bring your desires, to bring your requests, make them known to him, right? Ask, seek, knock. The door will be open. And it says the the, the uh, prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to pray some effective and powerful prayers today. Do you think God's going to answer your prayer when you cry out to him? In basketball, there's a phrase that, that I remember from back in the day. I played a lot of basketball for 14 years, and our coaches would always say, you're going to miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I think in prayer, you won't get an answer to 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. If you think that your situation's impossible and you don't take it to God, you ain't never going to get an answer. Because we don't have that radical faith to believe that God can do the big things. Now, I don't know if God's going to drop some $2 million check in our bank in in a couple of weeks or something so we can buy this property. I don't know. But do you think that he could? Yes, it's been done before and it can happen again, right? Maybe you've seen somebody that, that needed a healing and they didn't get it and they, they might've passed away, right? And it starts to get you to think, well, is God, is he still good? Is he still, do I even need to pray? Like, is this really making a difference, right? You start to let your experiences define your theology. You let your experience define who God is. And actually, that's what we're going to talk about next week is when the miracle doesn't come, what do we do? When it doesn't happen, where do we go from there? 
Because that's a real thing that we need to talk about. And I think a lot of us have felt that. But today, we're going to believe that God is going to move. I believe that he wants to move in this place today. We won't get an answer. We, 100% of the prayers that we don't pray, they're not going to get an answer. So we're going to pray the big prayers today. We're going to pray those impossible prayers today in this place. So what I want everyone to do is stand up with me, please. It's easy to stop praying. It's easy to lose faith. It's easy to forget about those things that we prayed about. I could have easily, and to be honest with you, two weeks ago, every single day, like an hour, I'm like, speaking in tongues. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like going nuts, like, you know, prophesying, like, you know, lifted up all these crazy prayers and everything like, Lord, I believe you're going to do it right. And then, you know, it's been two weeks since that happened. And it's, it's very tempting to just be like, okay, well now I'm back to real life. Right. I could stop. I could stop praying. I don't know what's going to happen with the property, but it's not, it's not the point. The point is, is God's teaching me how to be in persistent prayer. He's teaching me how to believe that when he said he would do something, that he would do it, right? And I think that's where he's taking us as a church as well. I think he's rising up radical faith. So do you have a dream that you believe that God has for you that you've let die? You've let that thing die because you say, well, man, that's impossible. There's no way. Is there a family member that needs to know Jesus but maybe they're so far away from God. You've been praying for them for 10 years or 20 years or something. You're like, man, there's no way. They're so far away from God, right? Nah, don't think that way. Keep praying. Is there a job you need, a healing for your body, a healing for somebody else? What is it that you need? What do you need? I feel like that's what God is saying. He's like a parent to us sometimes. He's like, like, what do you want? Like the notebook style. Like, what do you want? You know, like, that's how God is sometimes I feel like with us. Like, just, just tell me what you want. And watch me do it. See if I won't. Sometimes I feel like God. He's got a little attitude with us sometimes. Don't stop. So what we're going to do is I want you to think about those prayers that you have stopped praying. Those dreams that you need to resurrect today. The thing that is inside of you that you've been feeling this whole service today as we've been talking about the battle belongs to him. Do it again. Are you going to do this miracle again? I've seen you do it in somebody else's life. God, can you do it in my life? Do I have the faith to believe that you could? I believe that faith is rising within us today. So I'm going to take some time. We're going to sing this song again. Do it again. I've seen you move. I've seen you move the mountains. And I believe that you'll do it again, God. You make a way when there is no way. So I believe I'll see you do it again. We are literally declaring the goodness of God. We're declaring that God is going to do what he said he would do. And if he's given you a promise, he will be good for it. Okay? So what I want us to do is I want us to start seeing, and as we're doing this, I want you to pray about whatever that thing is that you have stopped. I want you to let that faith rise up within you today. Can we do that together? Can we lift up those prayers? Listen, we have a lot of, of prayer requests, a lot of prayer requests that have come in. When God, when God's, when you have an experience with God, man, this is so different today, guys, just bear with me. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> God's just moving, okay? When you have an experience with God, like I did two weeks ago, and like our church did two weeks ago, if you ever had an experience with God and then you start to realize it right after that, like a bunch of stuff starts happening, like bad things, a bunch of junk starts happening, maybe you lose your job or somebody gets sick or, you know, like you get in a car accident or just something stupid. It's something to get you off of what God is doing, right? You know why that is? It's because when you have an experience with God and when you're starting to really get after Jesus, Satan is on high alert, he says, hey, something's happening with this family. Something's happening with the Bassey family. 
Something's happening with courage. Something's happening with Rachel and Uri, right? Something's happening with these people, with Nikki and with John. Something's happening. So I need to start messing with these people. I need to send all of my reinforcements to that area because they're getting real strong. So Satan sends his reinforcements to mess with you. And we've gotten so many prayer requests of people that have been hurt, injured, sicknesses. I cannot even tell you how many that we have seen. Even on our Facebook group we have for our team, it's been like the last three days has been, hey, we need prayer for this. Can somebody please pray for this? Someone is in like life-threatening conditions. Can you please pray for this? And I'm just looking at all this and I'm like, how do you look at it? And And this could sound insensitive, but like, this is radical faith, right? It's like, do I look at that and I say, oh no, what do we do? Or do I say, oh no, God, will you do it? <laughs> like, I can't change anything, but God, you can, right? Does it drive you to your knees or does it drive you away from God, right? So we're going to say, hey, listen, the Bible says rejoice in trials and tribulations of many kind. Why? Because it builds your faith. It tests your faith and it builds it up. So we're going to rejoice in the hard times. We're going to rejoice in the seasons of doubt and the seasons of sickness and of illness. We're going to rejoice in that because we know that God is still good regardless. And we believe that he can change the situation. So have some faith today. And let's pray. Let's sing this together. Let's lift this up. And we'll pray for these things. Y'all just go ahead and start. I'm going to start saying these prayer requests. And lift your voice. Lift your voice. There's a little boy that I know that needs some kidneys. His, 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 he's in the womb right now and he needs kidneys to grow. So God, we declare that right now in the name of Jesus. God, would you help these, these little kidneys and this little boy that's in the womb to grow right now in the name of Jesus. God, would you do it? Would you cause growth? Would you bring healing, Lord? There's a little girl, Sophia. God, we know she fell off his ATV. She's in life-threatening condition. God, would you heal her right now in the name of Jesus? Would you give uh, her a, a fresh uh, a fresh brain, Lord? God, in the name of Jesus, would you just completely heal everything that's in there? If there's anything that's broken, if there's anything that's not connected, Lord, Lord, would you put it back together, God? Lord, you picked us up when we were in our sin, when we were broken. You put us back together. Lord, would you put that girl back together right now in the best way that you can? God, for, for Janet, for Cliff, with the medical things that's going on for them, for my family, God, right now, the thing, you know God what's going on in my family. You know what's going on right now. God, would you just bring healing in the name of Jesus. God, for everybody that needs a touch right now, would you bring healing, God? Would you bring it right now? God, would you do it? Go, we believe that you can and you will, God. We believe, Lord. Come on, would you just lift your voice? Would you just worship him right now? Through your worship, God will move. Through your praise, God will move. God, we believe. We have faith today. God, we'll see you do it again.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your spirit is here, that you're touching our hearts. You're moving in this place, God. You're answering prayers right now that we've been praying for 20 years. You're bringing faith in this place. Faith for the things that we've lost hope for. Faith for the things that we haven't seen. Faith for the things that look impossible. And God, we declare that you're good. You're holy. And we know that you care for us. You love us. And we thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. Now, what I want to do in this place today is if you want to stick around, you want to pray, please, please do. I'm going to have the band just play a little bit longer, okay? And you guys just do your thing. But I'm going to go ahead and dismiss us. If you need prayer for anything, please come let me know. Please come let some of our team know. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to believe with you for what God is doing in your life, okay? How many of you have been encouraged today? You've been encouraged by the message and by what God is doing? Okay, good, 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 good. I've been encouraged the last couple weeks. And I can't wait to talk next week about this, this message. What happens when it, when it doesn't happen, right? Man, God is good. God is good. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, we have faith today. Let a faith rise in this place. That's bigger than anything that we've seen before. To believe for the big things. To believe that you are who you say that you are. That it's not our battle to fight. It's yours. You've already won. I have delivered them into your hands, the Lord said to the Israelites before they walked around the walls of Jericho. I have delivered them. It's already been done. We just need to be persistent in the prayer and wait for the miracle because we know that it's coming, God. So, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise, God, because you're worthy. Because you are faithful to your word. You are faithful to your promises, God. Resurrect dreams in this place. Heal marriages in this place. Heal bodies in this place, Lord. Heal bodies. Heal people over Facebook Live right now, Father. People that aren't even watching, Lord. Would you heal people right now with your healing touch? Let it be a testimony of your goodness and your greatness, God. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Like I said, if you're a first time guest, please, please, please fill out that card. Take it to the back. We'd love to connect with you. If you need prayer, please stick around. The band will be up here. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you.